0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Daniel Collier. Daniel, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on the show with us this morning. Daniel, tell me what are
1: you thankful for this morning? I am thankful for a period of sunshine yesterday in which I was able to get out and actually mow the back grass of my house because my wife's little black chihuahua dog was disappearing Far <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And with this on and off rain for your, the your, your, months, your black
0: two hour dog was
1: in danger of being accidentally hit by the lawnmower while mowing the grass. like He was very stealthy, just moving. I couldn't find him. Hard to, <laughs> hard to keep a track of. So it was great to get out there and get it done. My dad came to help me, which is always a good thing. It doesn't so in matter. other words, you'd let your grass grow for like a
0: whole week.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's difficult because the back grass is different to the front grass. And so there's a much, much bigger battle in the backyard. But when I do the front lawn, I hate just thinking that I can do my own and leave it. And if a neighbour's growing out of control, it makes me feel bad and it looks bad. So I actually mow all three lawns at the front. Yes. But only take care of our backyard. So unfortunately for my neighbours, yesterday I only did my back section and we got it done basically just in time because pretty much as soon as we were done, the clouds came over and it just started storming down. I saw those storms out your direction, they didn't come, they were sort of rumbling off in the distance there and I was waiting and waiting and waiting for it to arrive and it never arrived at our place I was expecting it to carry on a lot longer than it did, it sort of turned up, lots of thunder, lots of lightning, very heavy rain and I thought oh here we go this is going to go on all night and within 20 minutes it was all said and done and the clouds just lingered Ah well, praise the Lord, you got to mow the grass For those of you who don't
0: live in the Newcastle area Or the coastal area of New South Wales Just uh, to give some context It has been raining all summer And grass has been growing like crazy You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast On Faith FM Positively different all right,
1: let's have uh, let's have some uh, oh phone numbers and a prize. Let's talk about those. All right, so if you have an idea from that extremely cryptic clue, call in at 1-800-324-843 or text or call through on the mobile, 0491-064-669. And today the prize is also another DVD. I know we had one yesterday, but we'll keep the... Keep the process going, and it's Revelation, The Bride, The Beast, and Babylon by Doug Batchelor.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so if you would like your copy, give us a call right now. If you can uh, figure out someone who befriended an enemy, take a stab. Maybe you'll provide shoulders for somebody else to stand on by eliminating some names. That's right. We know at least it's not Samson. It's not Samson. All right, let's have some positively different news.
1: Okay, so we have a story about a man named Long Bradley. He is a Vietnamese-born Australian who lives on the Gold Coast, Brisbane, and he worked as a school chaplain in a primary school for many, many years, 35 years. And now he is leaving the school to go and spend time with his mother and take care of her because she's elderly and ill. And the reason this is a beautiful story was he was actually born in Vietnam and he was suffering from eye and leg problems. And they brought him across, World Vision brought him across to Australia for treatment. And then when he got here, the Vietnam War broke out and there wasn't an opportunity for him to get back. So So this was quite a few years ago then. Yeah. So the people who, who had him here adopted him and his parents allowed it because he'd have a much better life over here in Australia. And he stayed here and grew up. And then 30 something years later, he went back to
0: so this was, this was somebody, uh, a kid comes over for medical treatment, obviously they, they need to, you know, if it's long going to be long-term medical treatment, they need to be billeted with a family. So yep. this particular family have volunteered to look after this kid while he is undergoing treatment. Uh, his
1: homeland becomes a war zone. He stays, ends up being adopted. And he, he grows up, he actually starts doing humanitarian work and he wants to go back to Vietnam to do mission work. But because of his injuries, he's prevented from doing so. So he goes into school teaching and then becomes a school chaplain. School chaplain. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. It, go. Like You can imagine the opportunity that he's had to affect so many lives over that period of time. And it's, it's amazing because I often think that God has a plan for us and the perfect plan is plan A and that just runs as smooth as God wants. And then, of course, we're involved. So then, it, <laughs> the plan
0: then it's plan B. Nothing and then survives. Nothing survives. Well, they say that with, uh, with military
1: tactics, nothing survives first contact with the enemy, with human beings.
0: <laughs> nothing survives first contact with human nature.
1: <laughs> but I, th- I think we go plan A i's god's perfect plan plan b is second best c d d you know d e f i'm probably on plan x 325000 at this point because every time i mess it up god's like okay well i'll just i'll sort of push you back on this path we can try and get close to that ape we we'll, i think we'll be a while off Many had this great concept last week that God never wastes
0: anything. God is not wasteful. Amen. He will use any circumstance that comes along. I mean, you look at our world. Our world is beautiful, but our world was formed by the flood. Yep. And the flood was a terrible thing, and God brought beauty
1: out of it. And so you can look at your life, and you can see terrible things, and God will bring beauty out of it. Amen. It's like the Bible. There's, You know, you look in the um, book of Joshua, and he goes through all these wars, destroying all these kings. And it talks about, oh, he fought this army. And you know from being a historian and studying history that wars aren't necessarily done in no. one sentence, mm-hmm. three-second reading. No. They're long-winded. They're massive military campaigns. But the Bible glosses over them yep. because it wants that record of history, but it's not a wasted word. People sit there and go, well, why do they talk about all these wars happening? Like It shows that Joshua was God's chosen one afterwards and he would conquer all of these places. Like The, the Bible is one of the best examples of God not being wasteful in any way, shape or form. Absolutely. All right, so this... I, I can see a good question of the day coming out of that <laughs> deal right there. I've got one to submit. I submitted it to you. Way back when you are on holidays and... I forgot about it. I didn't get round to getting back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, did I tell you to remind me? Yeah. It I, fe- did, and I set I an did. alarm for 1st of February and then I thought, well, I'm coming on the show, so I can probably just bring it in one day and we can, ah, we sounds can figure good, it out. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is uh, something I found that I, was actually quite interesting. It's called apotherapy. And it's a, a therapy that uses beehives and bee products, including honey, propolis and royal jelly to strengthen the immune system and health, and it was actually developed by the ancient Egyptians. And so... This is interesting. They've actually found,
0: like, pots of honey in ancient Egyptian tombs, and the honey is still honey. Ah, would... Would, you, know, you, this would is,
1: you go there? This is like I would crack open a, a loaf of bread, make a piece of toast, spread that. I, in, I totally
0: go. would. I totally <laughs> would. You know, three thousand
1: year old honey. There's still honey in the bottom of the pot. If you took it to processing plant, do you think they'd put a use by date on it? I'm sure. <laughs> use by 2022, and you're like, come on, six thousand and <laughs> two. Years. Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> that's you know that
0: synthetic honey when
1: it has a use by date on it. <laughs> Uh, but this is really interesting because uh, they have places you can go and ones and and there's a pun in this in itself, an Airbnb <laughs> where oh yes. you can go. Spelled B-double-E. <laughs> yeah. And they've got beds that are connected to beehives and on the beds are cables with respirator masks and you will actually lie down and you'll inhale
0: air. all the positive
1: nutrients and all the air that is created by the bees buzzing around and working and doing their thing. So, so this is this is
0: air that is being funneled through the beehive into your mask yeah. and you breathe
1: you, and it's br- you breathe bee bees breath. Basically, aerosol. So it's air filled with the uh, etheric smell yes. of bees. Uh, you get a positive like, energetic charge from it, apparently, and it boosts the immune system, positively affects the respiratory organs, reduces stress, and improves general well-being. Now it is classed by the medical profession as a pseudoscience, like a lot of alternative therapies are. But I recently got involved with a kinesiologist, study of movement, human movement. And as a chiropractor, he's a doctor, has a bit of homeopathic sort of things going on. And I was a bit skeptical at first, but when they do the arm test, they hold your arm and go, strengthen your arm. And I'll push down on it, you gotta push back against it. And you strengthen and go, that's fine. He touches somewhere random on your body and you just lose all strength in that arm. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff out there.
0: It's, it's just like, hmm. And this one right here, I think it's interesting because, uh, well, the thing that I'm interested with this air BMB <laughs> uh, is the buzz. I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering what kind of a buzz you get from it. <laughs> Now, now, hear me out on this one, hear me out, because I'm thinking if, you're, if you've if you got a mask on there, you're breathing air that's coming through the beehive and that has been pumped through there by lots of bees with their beating wings and so forth, uh, I'm sort of thinking you'd be laying there in bed and you'd ha- sort of have this low hum in the background. Now, there is no- nothing more soothing, and anybody who's spent time at sea will know this, there's nothing more soothing than a marine diesel Throbbing in the background, while the while you're on a boat that is just you know moving with the movement of the waves, that, that will put you to sleep faster than just about anything else. And I'm wondering about the buzzing of the bees. Whether this actually We've got a question you to for the, you? Quickly, buzzes you to sleep. How
1: would you call your wife in to have a look at the bed? Um, Honey, come here.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, it's getting worse. <laughs> this is what happens when you get two dads on the show. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Anyway, uh, we need to have some more serious news here this morning and the first thing we're going to talk about is the Human Rights Children Born Alive Bill 2021. Now, this is a really good law. I just find it bizarre that we have to write this law. It's like, what kind of a society are we living in when we actually have to write this law? But anyway, this is a great law. This is uh, George Christensen, MP. Has uh, written this law and put it forward. Hopefully, it will go through. And this is to protect the lives of abortion survivors. So, if you are an abortion survivor, you're condemned to death as it
1: is in Australia right now. There are so many, so many families out there that struggle to conceive. There are so many families out there that would take on so many, and and it it, it makes no sense. It it is not logical at all.
0: Anyway. Um and these babies are given no pain relief, no medical aid and they are just left while they wait for them to die. And you know that's pretty horrific. Um so the bill would require the same medical care that is provided to any child. So regardless of uh whether they their parent intended to abort them or not, uh they Born alive, they Mm -hmm. get equal care with everybody. And we might think that this is kind of a small thing or a rare thing, you know, because we've only just recently um, passed legislation in several states that allow abortion to birth, which allows viable children to be born, uh, as you know, that, that were supposed to be aborted. Um, but just looking at the figures, the average across Victoria, Queensland and Western Australia, Western Australia is not a huge state as far as population goes, Victoria and Queensland have decent populations, but the average is about 70-odd per year. That's a lot! Anyway, um, and of course, you know, these are babies that are dying in the most horrific circumstances imaginable. It's just It just breaks my heart to even think about it. Anyway, uh, so this is a good bill. It just shocks me that we have to have it. Now, this next story is one that is got more twists and turns than you can even begin to imagine. There's been a court case uh, bouncing around California, uh, the Californian court system, you know, backwards and forwards all over the place, while people try and figure it out. Of course, California, also known as, what is it, comiformia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you've got the big company, uh, Cisco, and several employees of that discriminated against a computer engineer in advancement for his, his work. And the reason that they discriminated against him was because he was Indian. They were Indian as well. And this particular person was a Dalit. Now, a Dalit in India is somebody who is a member of the lowest caste you have a very very complex caste system in india that you are born into and you remain in your entire life and if you're a part of that particular caste there you know a, a low class like a dalit class there are so many jobs that you can never ever have simply because of your position your, birth, yep. your position at birth and so you would think this would be a very simple, straightforward anti-discrimination case. You don't have that kind of discrimination. This is not India. This is the United States. And so the state took uh, Cisco to court. And the problem is that in the state's case against the company, they asserted that Hinduism, uh, because all of the people involved in this case are Hindu Hindus, is inherently hierarchical and discriminatory. Discriminatory because of this very strict caste system that Hinduism has. And so the caste system, your position in that caste system is based on your religion, your ancestry, and there's a complex formula between all of these. All of these add up to it's like you figure out, okay, what's their religion, what's their ancestry. (laughs) So religion, ancestry, nationality, kind of passport to add, ethnicity. Which can be different from nationality. Race, which can be dis- different from uh, nationality and ethnicity. Colour,
1: which then, can be random as. It's like trying to prove your ID in Australia. You need driver's licenses worth 50 points and a bank statement's <laughs> worth this many points. <laughs> It's kind of like that. You got you, you kind of got a point system. And so uh because, you know,
0: in, in, in part of the state's case, they've said, well, this is Hinduism, and this is what Hinduism is, and Hinduism is is just inherently racist and bigoted and evil. And so it's more or less become a case by the state of California against the religion of Hinduism. That's a big fight. Which is a big fight because not all Hinduism is like that. Not all Muslims are terrorists. Not all Christians are slaveholders and not all Hindus are into the caste system. There are many Hindus from many parts of the world and particularly, you know, Hindus that I meet here in Australia have nothing to do with the caste system. How far through the courts
1: is this? Because it sounds like... Oh, it's gone.
0: It's gone all over the place. Uh, Let me just see here. I mean, look this one up. Um... It, t- I, I
1: I gotta wonder what the basis of the evidence was, prima facie to have enough evidence to take it to court and go, you know we can we can start a process. We can start a legal process here. I'm wondering what the what Well they started presented. off in federal court, it's now bounced down
0: to local court. Um, and yeah, it's the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing's lawsuit against uh, Cisco. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's this is an interesting one. And so then you've got a bunch of Hindus in the United States. And, of course, Hindus that live in America generally have, you know, American values. And so they're like, no, we believe that uh, there is divinity within everybody. And this is where you and I would differ from uh, Hinduism is – That Hinduism will say that there is a divinity within you that is inherently yours, Mm. whereas we would say there is a divinity within us if we accept that divinity, if we make that choice to accept that divinity, Jesus Christ, to come into our life Mm. and uh, that in order to accept Jesus Christ into our life, we must actually die to what's inherently within us. So we would say that what is inherently within us is inherently not divine, (laughs) sinful, (laughs) sinful, absolutely. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of Hindus right across the United States are up in arms over this. Like, no, this is not Hinduism. You can't say this is Hinduism. This is you've basically started a a legal battle that defines Hinduism as racism, racist, and bigoted. So, how are you going to sort this one? Out? And so they've gone. They've they've gone. Well, let's just take this, you know, to the uh, to the Supreme Court and fight it through um, as a law case against the Constitution of the United States that gives freedom of religion to every person, which means that you cannot define a religion for a
1: particular person. Imagine doing the research for this case. How many books you'd have to go through, and examples put together of Hinduism in history. And Hinduism
0: in the United States and Hinduism in America and Hinduism in India and what the basic beliefs and tenets of Hinduism are and how much that is connected to uh, culture and social circumstances
1: and something that is happening in a foreign state. There's way too many variables. And (laughs) the frightening thing about it is if it actually, if they were successful, it had set a precedent. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, if they're successful, and this
0: is this is interesting because this is California, and of course, you know, California is kind of America's Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just hate religion. <laughs> and so any excuse is better than none to, you know, go after people of faith. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It'd be very, very interesting to see how this one all works out as it works its way through the court systems in the United States. Let's just pray for religious liberty to be maintained for as long as possible. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Anyway, joining us in the studio this morning is Dr. Sven Erstring, who joins us every month to talk about apologetics. Dr. Sven, welcome to the show. It's good to be back, Lyle. Yes. What are we talking about this morning? Well,
2: normally we talk about great ideas, and I have this amazing story that I love to, to share just uh, happened on Sunday uh, for for me, but um, the... the- Bigger story that we really want to focus on is—it's uh, a challenging story, yes. but it's—it is something which is just um, just gone really um, viral. I guess you could say. Well, in
0: the last few weeks too, especially. I mean, yes. it's been a story has been floating around for what six months or so, e- even longer than longer that. Than that yes. Yeah,
2: and and that story is the story of one of the world's most famous apologists, uh, none other than Ravi Zacharias. Yes, and uh, so. Look, you know, normally we'd love to do a positive think faith, uh, live faith, and, and all of that kind of stuff, and uh, we certainly do. But sometimes you need to face truth in in the eyes, in the in the face, and uh, really deal with it. So, so we want to we want to dive into this story, even though it's a, it's a bit of a challenging one for a, for
0: the apologetics community. Yes. Okay, so here's a question that goes through my mind. Um, for those of... Oh, okay, okay, give us a background of the story for those who may not have heard it.
2: Okay, so, so Ravi Zacharias was, was a... Uh, he was a Indian uh, young... young Well, he was an Indian man, an Indian apologist. He grew up in India, uh, had a... Uh, to, to a family which was nominal Anglican, like, like many people, even here in Australia as well. And uh, so his love was, was cricket. But one of the things you need to know, and I know it well because I grew up in Hong Kong, is that in Asian countries, there's a huge pressure academically. But you, yes. you have to do well because you you know if, to be an Indian uh, young person you need to be a doctor a engineer you know a, a lawyer or, or you know you know business person something like that and uh, he he wasn't doing so well as, um, as from his testimonies academically and so he decided look I need to, you know, there's no hope in this world. I'm, go, I'm going to commit suicide. Uh, so then he found himself in a hospital bed. Uh, a, a guy came along and started to share the, the, the Bible uh, with him, and, um, and they, they were reading the, the text because. I live, you also will live also. And it was incredibly powerful. And he said, I just I just want to find the truth. I just want to find the truth. And through that process, through that commitment, he went on to Canada um, to live in Canada. He got married, all those kind of things. And he became the one of the world's most famous apologists. Yes. So he had a ministry called the Ravi Zacharias International Ministry uh, with literally um, so many um, apologists who are part of that team, connections with Oxford University and uh, you know university campuses right around around the world. and, and it was really, really amazing, uh, incredible wrote you know a number of really incredible books, Can man live without God? you know Jesus among other gods, the the Logic of God. Uh, cries of the Heart. You know, I read read some of these when I was going through university and was really, you know, touched by them. Uh, but the problem was this, is that Ravi had another life. And that, that double was a, a double life. So he was pursuing truth on on the, the apologetics kind of area, but then he wasn't facing the truth in his own personal life. Uh, it first came to uh, the public awareness about three years ago um, as I as I recall in terms of dates and uh, what happened was there was a Canadian couple which came forward and said look you know you've been extorting uh, you know inappropriate photos from from the the woman
0: yes and uh, of a sexual nature
2: of a sexual nature and and what happened of course is that you know it, it kind of hit the news and uh, Ravi's response was to to deny it categorically. In fact, he he threatened to sue the 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 couple for doing it. And and you know there's these stories that they'd done it to another pastor. You know, so it was they were kind of like you know serial um, finan-
1: complainers, uh, serial
2: kind of predators mm-hmm. looking for pastors who they could get money out Realthy of wealthy pastors, wealthy pastors.
0: And they had, by the way, had a court case with another pastor.
2: There was there was an element of truth to that. There was an element of truth. And so what happened is that he, he settled with them $250,000 from his uh, ministries. There, there's a lot of money flowing in the uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. And uh, and there was a non-disclosure agreement. They, they agreed to say, they couldn't say anything about it more. And he came publicly and they said, look, I, I recognize that this was a problem. I have made it a commitment in my whole career. I'm never alone with a woman other than my... My wife um, and and so you know, looking at it, we thought, "Wow, this this really significant person has been, you know, um, um, being targeted by this by this couple." And there was another allegation that he got a number of honorary doctorates, but he he'd never got earned his own doctorate, and so some of the Indian sort of audiences and, and um, hosts were calling him Doctor Z- Rabbi Zacharias. Um, but of course, in the academic world, you can only call yourself doctor if you actually did the work. You know, you can receive honorary doctorates, but that was another thing. So that that came to the scene. But what happened was this: is he died with an incredible accolades. And uh, look, you know, I'll I'll recognise it as well. You know, I I was going like, wow, Ravi, it's it's amazing because he he wrote incredibly well. He spoke mm, incredible stories. Yes. yes. And then it started to come out. You know, when when. This is the really strange thing uh, is that he actually was a part owner of a um, massage um, place called Jiwan Wholeness. And, you know, he, he went in with an Indian friend in the United States or, or, or somewhere in the North America. And uh, so he would actually go to to have massages. He had back, had back problems. problems. Yep. Um, But you still sort of wonder, what what is an apologist doing, you know, investing in massage kind
0: of parlors. You know, it
2: could be, you know.
0: Well, it could be a legitimate, um, it could be a legitimate business. There's nothing in and of itself that is wrong with being involved with, you know, the massage industry. No, no. But the thing is. But once again, it sort of raises a couple of. You know why? Why choose that?
2: Okay, why choose that? Yeah. yeah, and what happened was that you know there was there was this woman who was watching you know the the memorial services, the funeral service, all of the the news, and she's going like, do they really know what went on? And what was happening, of course, is that he he would go to the massage parlor, you know, potentially with his back problems, which I think was genu- uh, genuine. Uh, but he was seeking sexual favors, exposing himself, doing all sorts of things, and um, and so yeah, the Ravi Zacharias International Ministry they denied it. The first thing they did, they said, no, it's not true. But then more more people, more ladies, and of course. Come this out. is this is after he's passed away. This is after. After he's passed away. Yes. Now, you know, you could say, well, you know, is, is this a group of women who, who are trying to get back at someone who's dead, who can't defend himself? You know, th- there's those thoughts which go on your mind. Why, why, would, why would they do it after he died?
0: Or is it a group of women who have sort of seen somebody else who's got a quarter of a million dollars and thought, well, maybe there's some there for us as well? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but what happened
2: was that th- they they did a, a, a um, independent um, investigation. They started looking at his phones. They they started looking at all those kind of things. And what happened was this: is that Ravi had multiple phones,
0: and it was good that uh, the ministry actually got an independent investigator in. Yes, they they they, they didn't just you know write it off and say nah, forget about it and they actually did yes take a responsible attitude towards this after it you know would have been good before he died but i guess we don't know whether people were coming forward or not, but they do do it after he died. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's going to be very, very damaging for that ministry.
2: It is. It is John Lennox, professor John Lennox at Oxford university. As soon as the LJ alleg- allegations started to come in, he, he, um, withdrew from the Ravi Zacharias international ministries pulled out. He said, he said that, look, the, um, the, the English apologists, the, the young apologists, they need to set up something new. Otherwise it's, you know, it's a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, um, and what what happened was this: is that you know uh, he went on an interview with Eric Metaxas, a very famous um, uh, TV host and writer in the United States. Wrote a book on uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and also on, um, on you know a number of other uh, topics as well. And um, and Eric said, "Look, I find it I found it really hard to pin you down. You have such a busy travel sed- schedule. You're traveling all around the world." to india and singapore and you know europe all of those kind of places and and of course you know you're listening to it you think wow this is amazing this is an apologist this is a a person who is promoting the truth of christianity going right around the world the reality was this is that he had you know people in thailand people in other places who he was going to visit and you know he'd say look you know if you bring me down you're, the salvation of millions of people are going to to be lost. Mm-hmm. You know, you um, spiritual black market. And, and I do all of this good work, and so I deserve I deserve some some comfort.
0: Okay, so here's my big question: Then was this yes. guy a believer or an atheist? His 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 actions speak atheism. His works words speak belief, or was he some mixture of both?
2: I think the the big issue is this, Lyle, is that there's there's two fundamental philosophies in Christianity, um, Christian circles, and they're known as dualism and holism, or, or uh, that's effectively the words which we could use. Dualism says that you can separate ideas and spirit from your body and um, you know material things. So it comes up uh, in in our context because you know there's a there's a big understanding in the world that your spirit lives forever but your your body can die that that is dualism so you can separate ideas from your actions but there's another, the, the biblical, the Hebrew worldview is that you, it's holistic, it's all together. And in Romans, uh, one of the great uh, books written by, uh, by Paul, the Apostle Paul, he said this, uh, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now what he's saying is by their actions you can suppress the truth. And so, so what you know? As soon as you uh, hear Ravi, the the challenge is this: is that he might have spoken a lot of truth, but his actions are actually killing his ministry and his words. You know what I'm saying? Everything that he said, everything, everything he said. said.
0: And and Ravi, this is uh, for a purpose. For- we should we should mention. Sorry, just very quickly, but we need to mention that uh, with what he was actually involved in, it wasn't just. Immorality it wasn't just illicit mm. affairs; it was actual abuse. Well, he he had at least
2: one woman who he he was requiring to ha- um, be intimate with him, and and she says it was rape. You know, in, in Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, it um, it says um, it says this that uh, if we come down here outside talking about heaven outside the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood now that's the interesting question how can you practice falsehood but that's that's this idea that our actions and our ideas are actually together and this is my challenge for all of us listening here today is this is it often you can actually suppress the truth because of the way you live and I've seen this. I've seen people who do not want to accept Christianity, not because they don't have evidence that it's true, but it's because they love their their particular sexual lifestyle, that they, they love their their glass of wine or, or their their you know pint of beer. That um, they, they um, you know, and we know the stories of of people who. Who live a, a sexually immoral life, but they still try and believe, and I encourage you don't have a dualistic life, don't have a dualistic life. And the key thing is this is it 's about honesty and transparency. If Ravi had said to that Canadian woman way back you know in two thousand and seventeen, "Look, I apologize. I have been uh, asking you for you know sexually explicit photos. Then, you know, his, his ministry might have collapsed, but then he, he could have died being known as a person who was honest and willing to face the truth, even in his own life. Like King David. Like King David. Damaged
0: his reputation irreparably, yes. but died a saved man. Mm. And Solomon too. Yes, both of them. Both so, of them.
2: so I encourage you don't don't suppress the truth by by your righteousness. And while you know, as an apologist, um, you know, and looking at apologetics, we can look at you know the evidence for God and all of these
0: kind of things. But does it have an impact on your own life? Does it change your heart? Mm, indeed, Doctor Sven Erstring, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us this morning. The that's a, such a, an amazing point that you bring up because as apologists we can come up with good arguments
1: thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM